A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Mini Crush Monday. I'm Chuck. That's Noel. We're both in our respective recording studios at home. It's true. At home. <laughs> at home. Uh, I don't know, man. I, th- I think you're we're of the same mind. You don't mind doing the at home thing, right? You're kind of you got a cool little pad down there. Mm, yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It comes and it goes with the uh, the doldrums and the and the anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Usually it's OK. But sometimes I'm like, hmm, boy, she would like to go to a restaurant. You haven't been to a restaurant yet? You haven't even done a patio sitch? I have not. Mm, I don't I don't blame you. I haven't either. I've been to a couple of bar patio things with, again, like some very closely, you know, my little pod. And there's like a, a Storia, which is a bar in uh, Cabbage Town in Atlanta. They have outdoor patio seating six feet apart, uh, more more than that, even between the tables. And then you have to walk up to this like outdoor counter and everyone's wearing masks and they serve you your drinks and then you take it back out to your table. So I've done that a couple of times, but that's about the extent of it. Yeah, I miss restaurants. Because we, we would dine out at least twice a week, Noel. We mm-hmm. like the, our local restaurants. Of course. And, we're, you know, we're getting takeout from them to support them, of course. And I donated at first. They had some little Kickstarters and stuff to, or little GoFundMes. Sure. To keep that wait staff going. But, really, uh, really great new one if you haven't tried it. It's not super far from you. It's called Little Bear. And uh, really cool local chef who used to have a pop-up thing called Eat Me, Speak Me that was really popular. But um, they do different nationalities every single week. And they opened Ooh, literally right before quarantine and they pivoted super quickly to doing this amazing curbside uh thing and they sell out every single day um and it's very artisanal and beautifully you know crafted food that you can take home and have a nice spread um highly recommend it for a date night with emily if you're if you're down 
All right, I'm going to check that out. Little Bear. Little Bear. And and each week it's a different cuisine. Mm-hmm. Always, very never very repeat it. They never repeat, and they always do something very, very creative. Well, and you got to repeat it at some point. No, there's only so many cuisines. Well, that's true. What I'm saying though is they would never necessarily repeat the same dish. They would maybe no, explore a different part of that cuisine. But so far, yeah. I think they've done like. They maybe have done, they've definitely done something twice, like Mediterranean, but they'll do something completely different spin on it each time they do it. Really, really cool. There's a new barbecue place in East Lake, too. Is there? Uh, that replaced the old barbecue place that was not so great. And the new one is pretty good. What was the old one? The old one was, uh, shit, I can't remember the name of it. It was not great, but let's, uh, the let's new, one's, new one's pretty good. Lake and Oak is the new one. Oh, very cool. Right there in the little East Lake uh, downtown. There's also apparently a really good new Cuban restaurant in Decatur. Uh, someone just told me about that, that, that does takeout. Hmm. Got to try that too, Noel. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry now. Oh, man, I'm so hungry. Is it lunchtime yet? It's we got to do this movie crush first. Um, yeah, let's, let's do this and get out of here and eat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starving. Yeah. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television 
today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, all right, so Noel, we're going to jump right into the to the content. This is a Crusher special, uh, mainly. Actually, it's not totally, but I ganked a couple of things from the Crusher's page from a couple of my favorites, uh, including Stellan Carlson, one of our oldest, oldest Crusher pals. So Stellan had a great thread here. Uh, what are some of your famous uh, or favorite examples of famous people playing fictional versions of themselves? Big fan of that, Noel, when people do that. Famous people playing fictional versions. Okay, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, a, okay, so like The Player would be full of them. Have you ever seen the Robert Altman movie The Player with Tim Robbins? Yeah. It's good. It's got, uh, you've got your... Uh, seen it many times. It's fabulous. Um, who's in it? Joel Gray is in it The from, you know, made Cabaret famous, the uh, the MC, And then also, what's his name from Better Off Dead? Cusack. John Cusack's in it. Um, it's great no. movie full of cameos. Uh huh. But you're more talking about like the hyper fictionalized version where you're like a real extra version of yourself, like leading yeah, like in, in the, yeah. mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris and, uh, Harold and Kumar. And that's from Daniel, uh, Cabell. And that is a perfect example. Um, I listed Matt LeBlanc from the TV show episodes, one of my favorite, favorite shows, and Matt LeBlanc was great playing himself. Oh, he's actually playing himself. I just thought he was a, a Matt LeBlanc-esque actor character. He really, <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Matt LeBlanc. Fucking A. That's cool. It was so great. It was really, really good because he played a very kind of dumb, horned up uh, celebrity. Yeah. That's, <laughs> it keeps coming up in my recommendations, and I, I keep giving it a miss, but I'll, I'll check it out. It sounds fun. It's a really good show. I miss it. Uh, oldest of pals, Jenna Van Valen says, Keanu Reeves and Always Be My Maybe. It's amazing. Worth watching just for him. I don't know about that. Yes, that was a more recent Netflixy thing. And I think he is like sort of the the rival love interest. Like somebody ends up oh, with, on a date with Keanu Reeves. And I think he's like a real kind of douchebag version of himself. Because everyone knows Keanu Reeves is like a notorious sweetheart. Can like you be a notorious guy, yeah. sweetheart? I don't think that that I know, that doesn't drive. No, but you see, you get what I'm saying. Uh, ben Stiller and Extras. That's from Kevin Falcon. Um, Extras was one of the best shows ever. I miss that Amazing. too. Amazing. Full of those types of things. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, Stellan chimes in with his own, uh, John Malkovich and being said person. Yeah, that was great. You got to be, you know, I think the best ones, and it's kind of usually the way it goes, is they poke fun of themselves. Oh, yeah. And it's generally playing sort of a bad person in some ways. I'm sorry. Did or you an, say or an obnoxious person? Did you say Ben Stiller from extras or what, what was your pick from extras? Yeah, that, that, that's my favorite. He's the director. Yeah. So self-serious. He's doing this uh-huh. like genocide, you know, yeah. movie and something he would never in a million years probably do. And uh-huh. just like such an asshole. I love it so much. Yeah. It's and so I think great. generally when they do this, they are either specifically playing someone else in reality from Hollywood or just a type in Hollywood, which is always fun. Uh, Nancy uh, Weiner, 
or Wiener, not sure how you roll, says, uh, not a movie, but James Vanderbeek in Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Okay. I haven't seen this. It's a TV show, I know. but uh, And it's got the woman who played Jane in Breaking Bad. And also, uh, she was the superhero, tough, tough, tough woman character. Jessica Jones. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. She's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Powell says the entire cast of This is the End, especially Michael Sarah and Channing Tatum. Yeah, that was great. They had a lot of fun on that movie, you could tell. We're soft as baby shit, man. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines from that movie. <laughs> We're actors. We're soft as baby shit. Uh, Jamie Ehrman says curb, uh, curb your enthusiasm, certainly. But except Larry David is really playing himself. He's not playing like a fictionalized anything. It's kind of really who he is, mm-hmm. apparently. I had a dream. A Larry, I used to have Larry David dreams where I was buddies with him. They were great. Oh, man. I, I, I wish he was like my dad. You know, <laughs> yeah, that'd be so. It'd be great. I would, I would take that in a second. Uh, Vanessa Lopez, uh, one of our oldest friends and hardworking admin, says uh, Bill Murray in Zombieland was amazing, and uh, Keanu in Always Be My Maybe. I got to check that out. Uh, Zach Pointer, one of our old pals, says Hugh Jackman in Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb. To- oh, this is great. Sammy Jones says Topher Grace in the Ocean's movies. <laughs> Remember that in the the celebrity poker. When Brad Pitt was teaching them how to play poker mm-hmm, <laughs> in mm-hmm. the basement. So good. Topher Grace is awesome. Uh, Anna Ferris and Kean Peel's uh, Keanu. That's from Carolyn Gaston. I didn't see Keanu. I need to see that. It's cute. It's about the, the kitten, right? Yeah. It's like a missing kitten. Uh-huh. Isn't that the deal? And I think, yeah, Keanu Reeves is eventually in it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. That's I, maybe, I, I maybe didn't oh, no, make Anna it. Anna Ferris. I maybe didn't make it. To the end, because I didn't see Keanu Reeves actually appear in that. Not Keanu Reeves, Anna oh. Ferris. Oh, okay, Anna Ferris. Still not Keanu Reeves. Uh, Bill Connell says Sasha Gray in Entourage. Does that count? Sure. She's a porn actress, right? She she was in some por- porn movies, adult films. What do you call those these days? Which I think you call them adult films. Yeah. Skin flicks. <laughs> it's no. funny on on the Flop House they they talk about. Uh, documentary shorts yeah. <laughs> short subject documentaries uh-huh. for uh, porns and stuff like that <laughs> it's nice. very funny they're like it. they're these very realistic documentaries short documentaries online that you mm-hmm. can watch mm-hmm. on, on various hubs love it was one of their jokes it's various hubs yeah yeah <laughs> uh let me see kyle rabin always says the entire cast of this is the end of course dan maynard says alice cooper in wayne's world i remember that uh, David Bowie was an extras. That's from Megan Murdoch Boyd. Oh, dude. It's pathetic little fat man. No <laughs> one's bloody soul. laughing. <laughs> a clown that no one laughs at. They all just wish he'd die. So great. Oh, oh. man. Classic. Classic. Uh, and, and the danger oven, Gail Kuntz says, I agree about Topher Grace. Uh, getting all reds in Ocean's Eleven makes me cackle every time. <laughs> when he was playing poker, he got all reds. <laughs> What does that mean? It's just does that mean he all, just doesn't know the rules? He doesn't understand? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and to say he got all reds yeah. is just very funny. Yeah. Yeah, Topher Grace is kind of great. I think uh, I'd love to get him on Movie Crush. What did he do in a podcast? He has a one. He has like the Adventure Hour or something. Like is it with, with us? No. It's not with us. I don't know who it's with. I need to reach out to some people like that because those are people that record uh, like... During the pandemic, it's you got to get people who you know have got a recording set up. Totally. You know? 
Yeah, it's called and, Minor Adventures with Topher right. Grace. Yeah, I'm going to reach out to him. Let's see if we can get old Topher on here. I was a big That 70s Show guy. Me too. It was one of my favorite shows back Hilarious. in the day. I wrote a spec uh, for that. Did I ever tell you that? No. Yeah, of all the things I ever got coverage, and here's a little Hollywood insider thing. Coverage is when you submit a script to one of the major agencies or management companies, and they have readers that read these scripts and provide coverage, which is a three or four form uh, page form that you fill out about said script that uh, where the, it is rated and ranked, basically, and that determines whether or not that script gets moved up to a higher office to actually get read. So there are people that are literally paid just to read scripts and write coverage. And you uh, submit your script. I submitted three scripts to ICM through a friend of mine back in the day. It's very hard just to get your scripts covered, like, for real. Like, you got to have a connection. You can't just say, like, hi, I wrote something. Can I get coverage? Uh, And I got the best coverage of everything I've ever written on my That 70s Show spec. Nice. It was technically the best thing I ever wrote. Gotcha. And it exists in my mind as a real episode to this day. So they they, they get produced sometimes or what? I don't know. Oh, no, 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 no. No. No, you write a spec just to say, here, this is what I do and am I any good? It's like a calling card. I see. Basically. I see. And so you you write, if you want to be a TV comedy writer, you write specs on existing shows. Okay. Like I wrote a Simpsons. I wrote a That 70s Show. Um, I'm trying to think if I wrote another spec. I don't think so. Or did I? I might have written an, an hour-long spec for an existing show. But those are fun because you know the show so well, you know. So like that 70s show, I knew those characters inside and out. And it, it came very easy to me. And all you have to do is follow those sitcom writing rules. It's very structured and formatted. It's not that hard. Uh, and it was pretty good. It was a Halloween episode. It was a Halloween episode wherein uh, Eric... Was that his character's name? Yeah. Why am I spacing? Yeah, yeah Eric. yeah. Where he peed himself at a haunted house and wet his pants, and the title of the episode was "Urine for a Treat." <laughs> Did you write that in reverse? Did you need you? You wanted you like wrote the the the, the, the title first. The title no, no, first. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> no that actually came later. That's very that, cool. That has happened though before. Kind of reverse engineer or something. Oh, totally. Uh, Brendan French says Bruce Willis in Ocean's Twelve. Uh, and I saw another vote for Julia Roberts in the Ocean's movie. I, I didn't see who put it though. Uh, another vote for the Vanderbeek from Amanda uh, Kosabuki. Kosabuki. Did you just call him the Vanderbeek? Yeah, the Beak. The Beakster? VDB. <laughs> oh, my God. We got to stop this. It's madness. Everyone it can't madness. be initials. You got to be a certain level. James Vanderbeek doesn't get initials. What's your middle name, Noel? Christian. I'm NCB. And that's NCB. actually, that rolls off the tongue, I got to say. So yeah. I get initials. You can call me NCB if you wish. I'm CWB. That's not great. It's hard. It doesn't it, like the W really mucks it up. My dad called me CW growing up a little bit. Can I call you just, C-Dub? Just remember that, Noel. I will remember that. For my childhood. Mm-hmm. CW. Uh, let me see. Earl Verdant says Tom Petty and the Postman. At least they allude to the fact that he was oh, playing himself. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, he's like the mayor of the town. Or like but he, the, he wasn't playing Tom Petty, was he? Yeah, he was. They allude to was like he? back in my former life, I was. Uh, he, he makes a real, it's very subtle, oh, wow. but it's definitely meant to be him. It's great. And it's really good. Yeah. 
I just thought uh, of that movie yesterday. Somebody sent me a yeah. meme. Uh, I never saw know, that. It was, it's, you know, it got shit on because it was really expensive, and I don't think it did very well because it wasn't an after Waterworld, and he was just in this real post-apocalyptic kind of, you know, bent uh, Kevin Costner. But I, I quite yeah. liked it, but it didn't. It did not do well. Interesting. Well, there was a meme about how you know all the the, the shit going on with the post office and the postal service right now uh, that that referenced the the post the postman. There's a street and all, and uh, I don't know if it's an LA thing, but. Several friends that I had out there admitted the same thing, that there's certain streets that when they see the street name or are on the street, they will say something out loud about the street. Like, Coanga is one of the streets, and my friend Brett used to always go, Coanga, when he was on Coanga. Yeah. And Cotner, uh, C-O-T-N-E-R is a street. And every time I was on Cotner, I would always go, Kevin Cotner. <laughs> it's so dumb. I don't, I don't do that in Atlanta. Is it an LA thing, Noel? I don't know, man. There's a couple. Have you ever good, done that? Uh, there's a few. I don't know. I don't make sounds like that. No, no. <laughs> but I like it. I don't know why I wouldn't start doing that now that you've given me the idea. Maybe I'll, let's see. What would be a good Atlanta one? Like Ponce de Leon. No, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Doesn't <laughs> Ponce work. de Leon. Ponce de Leon. I'm curious if people do that. So if you're listening and you do that in any town, please let me know. Also, like street names in L.A. are funny sounding, like Sepulveda. Yeah, you know, Cahuenga. Yeah, uh, what else? La Brea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I got nothing. You got nothing. I got nothing, Chuck. What uh, do you another got? vote for the Beak from mm. Kira Brienne Hawkins. Boy, the Beak. I got to check that out, Noel. I was a big Dawson's Creek guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a formative show for me. Uh, Megan. Uh, how do you pronounce that name? Chialastri. Great name. Kevin Garnett and Uncut Gems. Totally. Well, he's just awesome, though. He's like... He I does mean, a really good job. Yeah. I didn't even... I, I, I think I talked about this in the show. I'm not a sports guy. And I uh, basically didn't realize he was a real person. I thought he was just an actor. Playing, oh, really? Yeah. Pretend basketball I don't player. I think I remember you saying that, Noel. So Josh just watched that and hated it. You know, Uncut Gems is so divisive. And he falls in the hated it camp. Josh didn't like it. He hated it. Just because it was unpleasant? He didn't even recognize the craft of it? I, I don't know. He hated it. He's a little no. bit tricky, though. Did Josh? Yeah, a little. I just mean in terms of like, he's got Pinning a, him down? Yeah, pinning him down. Yeah. Like, what, like, it's hard to know what a Josh thing is. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm yeah, always totally. surprised, you know? His, his uh, I agree. His taste in entertainment is fairly enigmatic, which is good. Keeps it is good. on their toes. Mm-hmm. Can't box that guy in, Noel. I've been trying to box him in for 12 years. Can't do it. Mm. Uh, and let's finish up here with Austin Handler, Billy Zane and Zoolander. <laughs> Billy Zane. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But is is right, that in the first one? Yeah. I don't remember Yeah, he, it, it was very brief. It was a cameo, I think, during the some like the model off. I think he was or at the party or something. Got it. I like that first Zoolander. I didn't see the other one, obviously. Who did? Uh, I did, and it was an absolute retread of the first one in like every possible way, and it just sucked the joy right out of it. Ooh, really? That's my hot take on Zoolander 2. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... We are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, 
the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, so Noel, we're going to move on uh, to another Crush Irwin. This is from uh, Caitlin Callaghan, and this one was good, Noel, and this might give us a chance to sing a little bit. So if you don't like our singing, here's your chance to tune out. So she said, "And uh, what is a song that's so associated with a movie that you can't hear that song without thinking of that movie? You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. For her, like Head Bohemian Over Heels Rhapsody. and Donnie Darko. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, when that first piano totally. when he jumps off the every school time. bus. Every time, every yeah. time. No, that's what I think that's of. Good point. Uh, she said Bohemian Rhapsody and Wayne's World, of course. Yeah. It's a very good one. Miserloo uh, Rod- and Pulp Fiction? Oh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Roger, uh, Pulp Fiction, Tarantino's got a lot of those. I can't hear uh, Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon without thinking of that scene. Yep, or Flowers on the Wall. 
Yeah, he's really he's he's got some pretty iconic uh, song moments. For sure. Uh, Roger Saborin says, forgetting the name of the con. I'm um, sorry, forgetting the name at the moment. But Goodfellas, when the crew is being revealed uh, and collapsing, yeah, that's that's Layla by uh, Derek and the Dominoes. But but isn't it like it's the cool part at the end, the non Layla part, like the the, 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 piano. the the real schmaltzy piano part? Yeah, yeah, it's great. People I forget that those are the same song because they're so different. It's wild. Yeah. And then it has that great sort of a reprise at the end. Da, 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 oh, so good. It sounds like a sitcom theme, dude. Does it not? It sounds like an 80s it's sitcom sick. theme. I could see it. Throw some lyrics on there. Uh, let's see. Our old friend Stellan Carlson says, uh, somebody to love Jefferson Airplane and Cable Guy. Yep. Yeah, I'm with that. True. Uh-huh. That yep. great uh, karaoke scene. <laughs> I'd really love that movie. Classic. I think I might have actually heard that song for the first time in that movie. Really? Uh huh. I mean, I was young, you know. Great song, man. She was, she's awesome. What a great singer. Uh, let me see here, Matt Jacobson. Oh yeah, chica chica. Name that movie. Bow bow, chica chica. Bow bow bow. It's uh, it's fair. It's <laughs> Oh yeah, um, Ferris Bueller. It's Ferris Bueller, but but it's really funny, dude. I, I, my uh, in the town where I grew up in Augusta, Georgia, we had like sort of like a local Rush Limbaugh equivalent who came on um, either before or after Rush, but like a real right wing kind of dickhead named uh, Austin Rhodes, and that was oh no, that's Rush's theme. Did you know that? That's that's Rush Limbaugh's theme. Bow, oh yeah, bow. is it really? Yep, sure is. He can't do that. That's He's Ferris been, Bueller's been theme. Doing it for years. Oh, you can't steal that. See, some of these are so associated, you can't use them ever again. You know, you can't do it. Uh, Sean Kusan says, uh, I'm all right from Caddyshack. Yeah, it's hard not to think of that dancing gopher. For sure. Uh, Zach Pointer says, another one from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Twist and Shout. And uh, Breakfast Club, Don't You Forget About Me. Yeah. Oh, boy, here we go. Noel, Sam Comer says, uh, maybe since I saw the film many, many times as a teen in the 80s, but moving in stereo and somebody's baby. And Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Totally. Uh, Don't Stop Me Now from Queen. Shaun of the Dead. That's from Jay Frazier. That's a good one. Uh, Eye of the Tiger from Rocky Three. Erica Renee Bossart. Oh, yeah. You can't hear Eye of the Tiger without thinking of Rocky. That was written for the movie uh, because he had the Eye of the Tiger. No. I'm wrong about the Rush Limbaugh thing, but it was the Austin Rhodes theme. It was, he did. He used this uh, that that. So I associated. Oh, I associated that song before okay. I even knew Ferris Bueller with this right wing <laughs> oh, uh, local radio DJ. So you had a, a reverse mind. Fuck. I had a That's reverse weird. mind. Fuck yes. Uh, Killing Moon by Echo and the Bunnymen from Donnie Darko. That's from Rachel Gary. Yeah, that's yep. another one. Handful of songs from that one. Yeah, I need the to church, see that again. Under the Milky Way is another big one from that. <sighs> Under the Milky Way tonight. Tonight. Wish I knew what I was looking for. <laughs> really great uh, bagpipe solo in that song. The rare uh, bagpipe solo. Gotta love that. Yeah, there was a song by the group Slade called Run, Run Away that had a great bagpipe solo. I think that was them. Yeah. Uh, our oldest of pals, uh, the Coobster, Don Kuby says, sadly, it's stuck in the middle from Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, it's hard not to think of that scene. It is another Tarantino uh, inextricably linked song. 
Uh, Andrea McBride Dickey just put up a picture of the scene on the bus. Hold me closer, Tiny Dancer from Almost Famous. You know, Noel, Tiny Dancer was not a big hit until that movie. Little known fact. I did not know that. I think everyone thinks that Tiny Dancer was one of Elton John's like big, big hits, but it wasn't. I think it was a charted in the 30s or something. It wasn't unknown, but Tiny Dancer is what really pushed it over the top. That is interesting. Yeah, great song. Uh, Joey Masterson says Lindsay Buckingham's Holiday Road in the National Lampoon's Vacation movies. Mm. Totally. Uh, Tara Lee Cha says Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics in X-Men Apocalypse. I don't remember the usage in that movie. I saw it, but boy, I love that song, man. I can only think of that music video. Emily and I have been watching music videos lately, Noel. Oh, I, yeah, well, dude, I, I've been doing that a lot on YouTube, going down like a YouTube rabbit hole. It's great. Yeah. And there's also like... Uh, You'll probably know what I'm talking about. There's this aesthetic of music video that was established like in the 90s that then was carried on by a lot of like, you know, late 90s and early 2000s bands. And it was like that uh, director, Tarsim Singh, where yeah, it's sure. like that kind of like it's you're mm-hmm. in a play and there's right. a rotating uh, little pedestal with like a dude in an angel yeah. costume on it, you know, with arrows. And there's, and, and there's E-fans on everyone blowing silky scarves. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and, and it's like Charoscuro kind of like Caravaggio lighting. And uh, yeah. And then there's someone dressed up as like Leonardo da Vinci or like, I don't know it's it's I think uh, losing my religion was uh, wasn't that a tar scene that's what I'm saying and that video. one is so like there's a Very uh, of the time toad the wet sprocket video oh, sure. for uh, all I walk want. in the ocean oh, all, no, I all I want, want yeah. is an absolute one-to-one like ripoff of, of losing my religion to, to a comical degree I recommend you doing an a B on that uh, folks if you want a good laugh all I want is to, to feel this way, to be this close, to feel the same. Yep, good song. Good one. Good song. Emily loves Toad. Oh, oh they're good. Good songs. You know that's a Monty Python reference, Toad the Wet Sprocket? Yeah, I hate that band title, though, that band name. It's, I really know, do. It's a weird one. It, they should never be that long. Yeah. That's just oh, my no. rule. You can just call him Toad friend, for sure. Uh, yeah. My old buddy... Paul from Athens, Chalky. He still lives there. He's one of the guys that stayed. He uh, he's an old school punk guy and and garage guy. And he was like, I remember he told me once, if your band doesn't start with the and end with an S, then it's not a band name. <laughs> Very simple. I get it. Do you get it? Oh, I get it, baby. I get it. Do you agree? Meh. I'm I'm, no. I'm ambivalent. Okay. That sounds like a cop out. It's a total cop out, Chuck. It's a total cop. <laughs> uh, let me see here. If You Leave from Pretty in Pink, that's from Andrea McBride Dickey. I have not seen any of those John Hughes movies all the way through. I haven't seen Breakfast Club. I haven't seen Pretty in Pink. I haven't seen 16 Candles. I love the aesthetic, and I love the music. I love the whole vibe, but I have not seen those movies, and I need to I need to fill those, uh, those gaps. Well, I mean, uh, you know, you're a, a child of the, the 90s. It's true. And they were very much movies of the 80s. So I get it, Noel. Now, I did see most of uh, uh, Breakfast Club, and that's fun. It's funny. I enjoyed it. It's a good good, good rapport between those kids and um, <laughs> some some funny bits and some heart. You know, I definitely appreciate it. Yeah. You're, you're talking about being... You're talking like being, you don't, you're not crazy about them. Are you not crazy about them? Oh, no. I love those okay, movies. Okay. But I'm just saying it's... Uh, I think... I, I bet it's fully... I bet it's tough to fully appreciate those unless you were that age in the 80s 
same age as those characters. There was there was a a link there that's kind of hard to recreate. I think. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And that's probably true with all movies about teenagers in their day. Like, you're probably uh, can't hardly wait. Like, you probably can't watch that movie without thinking, which one of those people am I? Yeah, that was definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I also, I didn't I'm kind of kidding, to, but kind of not. I didn't go to one of those big high schools for most of my high school career, so I didn't quite have that same experience. But I definitely, I went to a massive, massive high school in Birmingham, Alabama for my junior year, and it was like total culture shock. But that was all of a sudden out of the blue, like that world. And it was yeah. very uh, jarring for me. Um, and not entirely pleasant, <laughs> but it was also like, okay, at least I got a year of this, you know? Right, right. I went to a big high school from eighth grade to 12th grade. We didn't have middle school oh, back shit. then, Noel. Wow. Or at least not, you know, not where I lived. They just called it. Oh, I see what you're saying. It was, it was just high yeah. school. Mm-hmm. Got it. it like elementary one through seven, high school eight through 12. And when you're a, an eighth grader who looks like you're nine years old, those seniors don't look like full grown adults. Dude, it was I, weird. I've, I've said the same thing recently. Like, you know, memory is such a funny thing. But when I think back to being in like fifth grade and I looked at seniors, because I went to a school that was fifth through 12th, it was a magnet school. And mm-hmm. um, I remember thinking they were like 30 year olds. You know, like that was just and how then they when were. You were in 18, my mind. you didn't think you looked old at all. No, exactly. Right. Exactly. It's very strange. Here's what they did in my uh, situation, Noel, is they started a middle school they built a middle school for my region uh while i was in eighth grade and so when i went to ninth grade they put in the eighth graders so i was the youngest in high school in the eighth grade then i was the youngest in the ninth grade and then the youngest in the 10th grade because then they moved the ninth graders over so for three straight years our class was the youngest class and had no one underneath us to bully what a shame just kidding of course i I never (laughs) never bullied never got bullied either that's lucky for you i was too busy trying to be everyone's friend no one no one came at me that's good that's good i had i had a i had a mixed up year where i fell in with some kind of kind of shitty kids and i and i'm i'm not proud to say that i you know peer pressure is a thing i wouldn't say i directly like was a bully but Uh i certainly allowed myself to be roped into some not nice behavior let's say but i got over that real quick yeah you know what noel People do regrettable things when they're kids, and uh, that's big of you to admit that. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I say. Yep, thanks, bud. You're, you're a good-hearted guy, so I'm sure you weren't uh, going home and feeling great about that even back then. No, but it's like I said. I mean, you just want to you want to be accepted, and if the yeah. people that happen to be accepting you are like, I know, man, kind of jerks, you know, you you, you kind of want to. There's like mirroring going on there. You know? What yep, I mean? it is a tough time, adolescence, man. You just you're doing any, anything you can to fit in. Yep. Uh, let me see here, Joshua Fish. Uh, says highway to the danger zone from top gun of course i have that i have a 45 of that that uh, an amazing listener of the show uh, sent me in a care package um along with uh, my girl wants to party all the time party all the mm. time party all the time but <laughs> dude Murphy. danger zone that song slaps man it, but yeah. it sounds a lot like bon jovi it's such a bon jovi rip it's hilarious how bon jovi-ish it is i never really thought about that i could see that mm-hmm. little jbj little jbj <laughs> Uh, Jason Roberts says, for me, it's just like honey from Lost in Translation. Also one big uh, time. Whenever I hear that song, I can instantly see the crowded streets of Tokyo, even though I've never been there. Iconic soundtrack. That soundtrack stands alone too. It turned me on to so many cool bands. Yeah. I think Sofia Coppola has a knack for that. And uh, same as Tarantino. Uh, even though like I, I'm a big, big fan of heart and classic heart and the song magic man 
even though I've heard it a gazillion times, always reminds me of Virgin Suicide when Josh Hartnett uh, makes his entrance into that movie to Magic Man. Yeah. Great moment. And Hello, It's Me, also Virgin Suicide's uh, big, big go-to. Todd Rundgren's Hello, It's Me. Great song. Yeah. Uh, the Danger Oven says Sister Christian in Boogie Nights. Totally. Time. Where he's like all coked up and throwing fireworks at Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, one of the Alfred Molina, friend of the podcast. We've talked about this before, but he's on a lot of the LA shows. Uh, he's been on Daily Zeitgeist, I believe, and also on um, the Bechtel cast. Uh-huh. Why hasn't few... he been on this show, Noel? I, you, you, hit up, hit up, hit up, Jack, dude. They could hook you up with a lot of cool folks if you just like bug Jack. I'm sure. I know it's. I need to be better at that. Terry Calejo says, "Silence of the Lambs" at American Girl. Totally for sure. And that's I remember. I, I've already mentioned this on a previous episode, but that uh, that that show. I was there too. The podcast where it had that that actor um, who played the senator's daughter, who's singing "American Girl" in the car. She talks about that whole scene and about how she originally wanted it to be like the Bad Brains because that was the kind of music she was into, and they decided last minute to make it "American Girl" uh, because it did such a good job of setting up her character, like with music and with her, like just you know, not a care in the world, just pop bopping along in the car, singing this kind of very straightforward like song about being a good old you know good yeah. girl in america and then she gets abducted <laughs> well and what's funny and all that's uh our band does american girl and so when I, in fact we did a whole tom petty set one year right after he passed and uh at porch fest but he uh that's one of my favorite songs of his to sing and it's a song that's jaunty and upbeat but it's one of the most lyrically um down and rough songs that there is mm-hmm. and i think people just because it's so jangly and fun people don't think of the lyrics that second verse man it was kind of cold that night she stood alone on her balcony she could hear the cars roll by out on 441 like ra- waves crashing on the beach and for one desperate moment there he crept back into her memory god it's so painful something that's so close and still so far out of reach <laughs> it's like it's brutal man that's no, good dude. but you said it to that like jangly little beat in uh you don't really think about it. I yeah. love that song. Not, so, not, so not, not to mention, it. I mean, lyrically, I'm, I'm with you there, but that whole setup for that song has been mimicked so many times. Oh, yeah. Think of about that strokes. strokes, like yeah. uh, last night, and, and other times. It's just like a absolute uh, archetype of like that yeah. type of tune. I think Petty was very cool about the strokes thing because uh, I think they acknowledged it, and he was like, yeah, it's cool. I get it. <laughs> right on. I miss that guy. Uh, theme from Shaft from Elliot J. Lawrence, of course. Bow, chicka, bow, wow. Jessica Hansen says The Power of Love by Hugh Lewis in the News. Back to the Future. Yeah, it's hard not to think of that. Hugh Lewis in the New? Hugh, <laughs> Hugh Lewis in the New. And let's finish up here, Noel, with one I know that you're going to love. Uh, from John Mekalep, one of our old friends. Uh, Where's My Mind by the Pixies from Fight Club. Again, first time I ever heard that song, and I was like, who is this? This building's coming down pretty great. Because it reminded me of something that was familiar, but yet I knew it wasn't anything that I knew. Yeah. And then I had to, I found I sought them out, and that was really a turning point for me musically in terms of my so like, my taste. Yeah. Yep. All right, buddy. That's it for this week. Uh, I was going to do an up with fuck segment, but we will save that. So if you're on the movie crush page, keep adding your fucks, and uh, we're going to go over those next time, which will be probably next week. Give us all your fucks. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the internet very soon. You got it.
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.